You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join us this week on Thursday right after the Dodgers-Padres game to get in on the action. Locked on Dodgers is the daily podcast covering the world champion Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I am Jeff Snyder at Baseball Essential. Uh, Vince is not with me. He was at the game in San Diego on Tuesday night, and so he is making the long drive home to L.A. right now. Uh, But I was joined by Javi Reyes, the host of Locked on Padres, uh, right after the Dodgers-Padres game that the Dodgers won 5-2, to two, Javi and I spent about a half hour talking, so that's going to be this episode. Uh, we're just going to talk about this game and then kind of preview the rest of the series. And, you know, I'm going to make some jokes at Javi's expense, some jokes at Will Myers' expense. You know, just I'm just going to just kind of how these episodes with Javi always go. So uh, before we get to that, I want to remind you, please subscribe to Locked on Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. And when you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. All right, without further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Javi Reyes of Locked on Padres. All right, I'm Jeff Snyder. That's Javier Reyes. I'm Locked on Dodgers. He's Locked on Padres. One of us is happy. One of us is sad. And that's just the way I like it. How you doing, Javi? <laughs> Oh my god, that was awesome! Just that is the to- complete antithesis of my introductions. I like draw them out and everything, and you cut right to the point. Yeah, I'm I'm sad. What else well, do good. you want from me? It's terrible. No, you know your sadness is all I need, Javi. Honestly, like I I think my wife's leaving me. My kids don't love me anymore, but Javi's sad. So you know, I'm just kidding. My wife loves me, and so do my kids. Uh, but you are sad, and that does make me happy. Uh, but so the Dodgers and Padres played game one of the series tonight. We mm-hmm. we tried to line up to do a series preview but mm-hmm. our timing didn't work out right so we're we're instead recording right after game one of the series mm-hmm. uh you know so it'll still be kind of a series preview although we are a third of the way into the series and so i guess mm-hmm. first let's talk about game one what's your takeaways from, from this game javi uh game one from the padre side of things i guess so in fairness uh it was a bullpen game i guess it was the the game where padres are not exactly as excited fans are not as excited because they just don't have a starter for the game. But the same time it is the, and I mean this not in a, like a, a insulting way, but like out of all of the stars that the Dodgers have, not necessarily the one that you fear the most in Julio Arias. That being said, he's still a very good pitcher, has a lot of talent and has kind of been, dare I say the most underrated player on the Dodgers this year. Maybe, I don't know. I know they have some other guys on there. I'm not as fluent with the team, but uh, you know, it's just that he he doesn't have to be almost as good. He's probably a number two on most other teams in, in, in the sport. So uh, he's been very good for the team. So I wasn't as disappointed in that. But really the big takeaway from the game is what probably is the same thing that you're going to say, which is A.J. Pollock's catch uh, of Manny Pachano's home run. It was a brilliant catch. I saw some people saying that the fans should have intervened and like grabbed the ball more. And my response to that is the Padres, when you want to get breaks like that, they should be looking to Arizona. They should be looking to Colorado. They should be looking to Miami to get those breaks where the fans intervene with the ball and it happens to be a home run. 
And unfortunately, we already played those teams. The Padres are 15 and I believe 19 now officially since the All-Star break. Uh, They have not been good since the trade deadline. Basically all bad news, uh, especially with the day of the trade deadline. Tatis gets hurt, misses like a week and a half. He only just came back against Arizona. So it's really been kind of downhill in every conceivable fashion. This was just yet again, while it was kind of cool that we're playing a, a, a good team that we obviously have a big rivalry against that was like made it at least an exciting game to look forward to. Um, it just kind of further exacerbates the issue, which is that the Padres, all of their depth is gone and nobody has really stepped up for the team in a giant, giant way. There's been good players, but not enough depth. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it is fun to play rivalry games. I remember when the Dodgers were playing the Giants recently. And, you know, I, I remember what that's like to play against a rival. Um, yeah, Kenley Jansen, man. <laughs> Kenley Jansen. Uh, we got to talk about him in a sec. <laughs> Julio, Julio, yeah, you're right. You know, the big question mark for Julio, he's been great this year. Uh, he's had a couple clunkers, but for the most part, he's been great. Big mm-hmm. question was, he, he just coming off the I.L., uh, you know, we didn't know for sure if his his little calf injury, he got hit, hit in the calf with a pitch. That's why he was on the IL. And we didn't know if that was an actual injury or, a, oh, here's a good excuse to, you know, he's already way exceeded his innings uh, limit or the his career high in innings in a season. So maybe let's give him a start off. And so, you know, there were kind of question marks about how his command would be, all that stuff. Uh, he looked really good for the five innings he was in. And, uh, you know, in, in hindsight, maybe if his spot hadn't been coming up in the lineup, maybe they would have liked to get one more inning out of him since the, the bullpen maybe, I not like mm-hmm. they ran out of guys, but there were some question marks. But yeah, AJ Pollock's catch was uh, was kind of the, the you know, his catch and then his two-run single. So basically he accounted for four runs mm-hmm. in a three-run victory. So it's hard not to give AJ Pollock the player of the game. It was kind of funny after the game, he was talking to Kirsten Watson, the Dodgers sideline reporter. And, and he said, I embarrassed myself the last time I went up to rob a homer. I was trying to tell the guys I had a little more hops than last time. I wanted to jump early so I didn't hit the wall like last time. And I don't know if you saw last time, uh, there was a home run that uh, in the last series that should have been I'm not saying it should have been robbed. I'm saying most left fielders would have put themselves in a much better position to potentially rob the home run. And yeah, I think uh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. And, and you see what happened here, you know, the Dodger stadium wall is eight feet high, eight feet high. The Petco park wall is seven feet high. Uh, but Pollock, his glove barely got to the top of the wall against the Do- at Dodger stadium because he jumped up into the wall. And uh, this time he did time to write and jumped in front of the wall and reached up and he got, you know, two and a half or three feet above the wall. So he, he probably got a full two feet higher than he did the last time. And, you know, he needed every inch of it because he, that thing was almost snow coned. But uh, yeah, I did notice that the Padre fans out there might want to try opening their eyes. Did you see some of those screenshots? Like there was a whole lot of closed eyes going for that ball. Yeah. I'm not saying this is like the Steve Bartman type of thing or anything like, like that, but it was, it was a, uh... It was discouraging, but again, granted, it's just, I don't know what to say. I, I just don't want to go down that route of being like, hey, you should have, you know, grabbed his arm and ripped it off. It's like, all right, guys, bottom line is that we're playing against a good team now, you know, and I just don't want to make that excuse. I'm willing to just be like, no, it was a great catch. And if you expect great catches, they come from good teams. I know I sound like a, a casual by saying these terms right now, but like, it's true. Uh, you should be expecting teams like Colorado to drop balls like that. You should be expecting, but you lost them already. So really this is, it, it actually is very befitting that the Dodgers now come out. They have Urias who I'm just looking at stuff, 21 whips on his fastball tonight, which is really good. And the curve, he had one, I don't know if it was against Tatis. Yeah, it was against Tatis at one point and it was just filthy. I was like, yeah, this guy's on today. 
uh, unfortunately for the Padres. Um, I was actually, it was really one of those things where I was relieved that he got taken out. I know that you said he was just coming off that injury, so I get it, but I was relieved because if there's only one, you know, chink in the armor of the Dodgers, it's that their bullpen, not bad, but it doesn't, Kenley Jansen at this point of his career is just lowercase cap, like lowercase G good. Uh, like he's a good reliever. He definitely can have that white bat strikeout stuff. We'll talk about Adam Frazier in a second. And is that bat? Um, which just, just that, that really surprised a lot, by the way, the Adam Frazier at bat, but he does, he's not as invincible as he used to be, but that being said, he's still a pretty good player. He's still got guys like Blake trying and, uh, and grad on the bullpen. So still, but it, it definitely made me a little bit more excited. And then jerks and profile being the one guy that hit a home run in this game, which was, uh, for the Padres, at least. Um, very odd. Uh, it was only like his fifth of the year, if I'm not mistaken. So, look, it's it's been bad all the way around. But in fairness, the Dodgers, I do think, won the game. I don't think there was some Doug Eddings was a big controversy in the, in the Phillies game. No, none of that. It was a good game played by the Dodgers. And this is what happens when you have, I think this was the Padres' fourth bullpen game in the last eight games, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, that that's yeah. something we're familiar with in Dodgerland. The Dodgers have had, and mm-hmm. Dodgers only have with Julio back, they're now up to four starting pitchers. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we've seen our share of bullpen games. Luckily there won't be any in this series. All right. We'll get back to my talk with Javi in a minute, but first I want to talk to you about Spotify green room, Spotify green room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. It's free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with me and Vince, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about all your favorite teams and sports. We host rooms for locked on Dodgers once a week, usually on Thursdays, including this week, Thursday after the Dodgers-Padres game, you can get in on the conversation that you listen to here every day. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. Be sure to join us this week. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Snydog to be notified when our room goes live. We know you won't want to miss it. As I said, we'll be live Thursday, right after the Dodgers-Padres game, and we can't wait to hear all your thoughts on the Dodgers. See you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. And now let's get back to my conversation with Javi Reyes. Uh, But yeah, I mean, the Padres did get the tying run to the plate in the eighth inning and the ninth inning, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the eighth inning was, was interesting because Blake training came in and basically you just got to hand it to Manny Machado and, and Fernando Tatis. They both laid off some really tough Blake training pitches, yeah. the kind of pitches that training <laughs> usually gets swings and misses on, mm-hmm. you know, usually mm-hmm. that's his out pitch and they laid off them. And so kudos to them. And then, you know, Jake Cronenworth just couldn't lay off that, that mm-hmm. high cutter uh, mm-hmm. the way the other guys had. And that was the big difference. And then the ninth inning, you know, it, it was a good inning by Kenley. He got the first two outs quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you call, Will Mai, the baseball guy? I just want to make sure my <laughs> hey. listeners know that, that Javi Reyes refers to Will Myers as Will Mai, the baseball guy. Look, man, when you get caught up in all the, the power, the rise to fame of 2020, and he's literally like one of the best players on the team, you just say some outlandish things. And you know what? No, I stand by it. I mean, you can't say, will the thrill that's already been taken. And I thought it was pretty, look, I'm a fan of things. I think we've talked, not we've talked about this, but you've talked about the wave before and how it's very, it's very silly, but you know what? Having a silly thing every now and then, at least it's a silly thing that we like talk about. And even if we make fun of it, it's still kind of like fun and adds energy to the game. That's me with Will My the baseball guy. It is definitely easily the dumbest thing I've 
arguably ever said to be honest yeah, with you that, that, that <laughs> might be true uh so anyway I'll, I'll give my version so uh slightly above average player will myers got a, a base hit to left field and then jerks and profile put up a great jerks and profile is really tough to strike out so is adam frazier um and and he did but uh you know if profile he put up a really good at bat and uh you know he he earned that walk uh and that made frazier the potential tying run and then uh he Adam Frazier, tell me, is is this what you envisioned when the when the Padres traded for Adam Frazier at the trade deadline? So this I will defend myself on viciously. Okay, so when I tweeted the whole thing about how I want like AJ probably to just stab me and all that stuff like that, in fairness, is an ongoing. But any trade he makes, I just all caps beg him to kill me. When the trade actually happened, it was definitely like a trade I was excited about. I was like, okay, cool. You get a hard hitting first base, uh, second baseman. He leads the NL in hits. However, one thing that I did know note in my podcast when I talked about it was he doesn't have the skill set that the Padres actually were lacking uh, with batting average and on base stuff. And it's not like he's an elite, you know, Andleton Simmons quality defender or anything like that. Right. So it felt like a, just an added extra good player and that's fine, but it was not necessarily an area they missed after missing out on Gallo. I assumed that this was probably, you know, their second option. And, you know, I expected him to regress to a a degree. I thought he might be like a 270 guy. He's batting 330 with the pirates. If I'm not mistaken, I'm going to look at this right now. Just 324, 324. And then now currently with the Padres, uh, I don't have the stats adjusted, but 241, 283, 287. So uh, not great in 23 games, now 24 games. Um, he's been rough, and it's and he doesn't take pitches, which I think is the most infuriating part. Um, he's, you know, three-pitch strikeout uh, tonight, but he tends to swing at the first pitch. He just seems like he's trying to just get that single, like, immediately for some reason, and that's just not what the Padres need. They need some guys who are going to lift the ball over the fence. I mean, every team wants that, obviously, but they need guys who are going to more consistently do that. They are very good at getting on base. They are very good at heading for a decent average. But when it comes to those big home runs, they've been kind of having the Jake Cronenworth moments all year. And Cronenworth has been good. Don't get me wrong. He's the only bright spot of the last week when he ties the game against who the heck we were playing, Philadelphia, um, in the inning when Joe Girardi decided to get himself twining, trending on uh, Twitter yet again. But, um, yeah, for the most part, it kind of surmises it and – I just wish that Frazier was average. I wish that Frazier could be as good as Tyler Wade of the Yankees. Just a guy who bats 260, 340 on base, but instead his regression has been extreme. And that's kind of been the problem with the Padres all year is that guys who maybe have been overperforming in previous years, they've regressed extremely, uh, especially in the case of our first baseman who's become the enemy of all Padres fans, it seems, even though he's actually been decent lately with walking, but still. It's too bad nobody warned you before the season that he was unlikely to be good for a second season in a row. Uh, you know, he, you, you remember that Eric Hosmer has never had two good seasons in a row in his whole life, 100%. right? Yeah. Never. Not even in Little League. Like, nope. he was great as a 10-year-old, sucked as an 11-year-old, you know? <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, you have any other thoughts about this game, or should we start talking about the rest of the series coming up? Uh, not really, other than the fact that it made me sad. And I did notice that people were saying there not, wasn't a, a, a different vibe uh, for the game. I know your boy Vince Sampiero, of co-host for Lockdown Dodgers. Uh, everyone go check him out. He was mentioning that the vibe was different. And it did feel a little bit different. Like it, it was still, believe it or not, the funny thing is it's actually a decent game. I, I will say that. Like it wasn't a bad, it was yet again another pretty good. I honestly only think there's been one mediocre game this year between the Padres and Dodgers. It was when they won like 6-1. The Padres, I mean, won 6-1. And it, I mean, I, I loved it, obviously, but it wasn't like an exciting game. Even this one, you had Cronenworth up, you had the 15 
pitch at bat or whatever it was against Jerkson Profar, which was hilarious. I was just like, oh, here they go. Rip, you know, throwing out the fishing rod, trying to get me to think they're going to win this game. Um, but otherwise, uh, yet again, another good game for this kind of really heated series between the two teams. Now seven and five in the Padres' favor this year, but I can't even brag about that anymore considering they've been absolutely falling off cliff since the deadline. Yeah, I did notice that this result was a little different than the ones when uh, like Luke Rayleigh and, uh, you know, all those other guys who are currently either in AAA or out of the organization were getting more plate appearances, uh, almost as if. <laughs> For the sweep series, right? Yeah, that one. That, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, so, uh, and, and, you know, I Padre fans are familiar with the uh, the idea of blaming series losses on injuries, so. Uh, oh, stop it. We're not getting it. <laughs> <this now. laughs> All right. Let's talk about the series coming for- going forward, man. What are you expecting from Blake Snell? So I will say Blake Snell has been a disaster this year. No doubt. I think it's been highly discussed. I imagine even uh, people listening to your podcast are probably familiar. One of the bigger busts at starting pitcher in the national league in general this year. Some might say Max Fried. I say no, because Blake Snell, they traded a decent amount for him. Luis Patino is now looking pretty decent for Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay. It's a little bit late, guys. If you hear me stuttering, just for me, I'm on, I'm on East Coast time, so it's a little bit late if you're wondering why I'm sounding ridiculous. But um, with Blake Snell, he's actually, past three starts, not terrible, honestly. He had a really great start against the D-backs, his best of the season, and I don't think it was just the D-backs. I think it was maybe like 30-70 um, in terms of it being Blake Snell, maybe 40-60 around that, uh, being just him pitching well and then just being the D-backs because – He's seen a little bit of a mechanical change. He's been using his four-seam fastball and his slider a whole lot more. Uh, I think he, he generates a lot of whiffs on the sliders, so I have liked that. And his last start, five innings, two runs, not too, too bad. So what I'm expecting from Blake Snell is just, I don't know, though, because it is the Dodgers lineup. They are fully healthy now. The fact that the worst player in that lineup is probably a former MVP. Uh, and Cody Bellinger is a great, and to be honest with you, I think Bellinger will be fine. He, maybe he peaked. I don't know. But I think that it's just an injury riddled season for him, the shoulder thing. Um, but for the most part, I think that Snell is going to struggle a little bit because the Dodgers, I don't think, are a lineup that is going to allow him to stay at a low pitch count uh, for sure. And he has struggles with that. So I'm not expecting a lot from Blake Snell. Usually I'd be excited because they still have the bullpen to rely on, but I don't know how much we're going to be down by. And especially considering the offense isn't looking good. Um, it'll be a big test. If he does have a good adding, then we might be able to be a little bit more excited about him. And if he just makes it out alive past the fourth inning, I'd be quite honest with you, pretty, pretty thrilled with that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, after a bullpen game, obviously the Padres would love for Snell to get kind of deep into the game. Um, and, and so I'm sure that's going to be part of the Dodgers game plan is to come out and work the count. Uh, since, I mean, that's something they have a history both this year and uh, last October of doing with Snell of working his pitch count. And, uh, you know, the Dodgers have Walker Bueller going up against him. That's 2021 National League Cy Young Award winner, Walker Bueller. Uh, God. You know, <laughs> oh, God. Let's take one last break and talk about betonline.ag. It's that time of year again, and all time, all eyes are turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKEDON. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on Thursday 
September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And now for the conclusion of my conversation with Javi Reyes of locked on Padres. Corbin Barrett's man. Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. Is he still in the league? Man, yes, he's, he's great this year. Stop he, it. he is pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's I a toss up. Burns is gonna enjoy his second or third place finish. Uh, Zach Wheeler's got an argument too, you know. Uh, Zach Wheeler and Corbin Burns and all the Brandon NL Woodruff can all fight over second right and now. third place. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, you know, the the Walker Bueller, you can't feel super comfortable as a Padre fan offensively. Uh, it's, but you know, with your, you know, Cronenworth's a lefty, but you know, Machado and Tatis kind of the top two hitters are both righties. Walker Bueller is, uh, is really, really tough. He's tough against everybody, but, uh, you know, what are your thoughts? You, you, what do you expect the Padres to try to do against Walker Bueller? Uh, Oh God, what can I even say at this point? Uh, since the lineup is all out of whack, I don't really know, but you, you basically kind of nailed it right on the head. I think Walker Bueller is just, he's kind of one of those guys that, burned people a little bit i think people my theory about this is i think was it last year that he was a little bit shaky yeah right he, he wasn't the he, last couple of years he he started uh he sometimes has struggled at the beginning of seasons i mean he mm-hmm. went he only made like nine starts last year okay. uh you know in the shortened season uh 2019 he had he, he started off pretty pretty shaky uh and and then turned it on towards the end of the season yeah, it feels like Bueller is one of those guys that start like because of some of the high, you know, early starts, like you said, people are like they, they get a little bit bullish on him and then they're disappointed when he, I don't know, is human and isn't Jacob deGrom. So I think that that's kind of what happens with him sometimes. But Walker really is tremendous, uh, to be honest with you. I really think that all the NL awards are kind of really interesting this year. I actually think the American League MVP is kind of cemented already. I love you, Vlad, but st- stop let's stop overthinking this um but with the nl even rookie of the year i think is going to be interesting and bueller i joked about corbin burns but it's one of those things where one start could separate the guys right if one of them gets lit up whether it be bueller tomorrow or be burns his next start, i think it was good tonight if i'm not mistaken but uh we'll have to see it's definitely gonna be an interesting race but yeah i don't know exactly what the padre strategy is going to be because one frustrating thing about them is they've had a lot of situations this year where, like I mentioned before, with batting average and on base skills, they get on base, but then the guy swings at the first pitch and grounds into a double play, hits a pop up or whatever. They they decide to be very disciplined when guys aren't on base, then extremely not disciplined. They they're kind of always looking for that big hit, but they never seem to get it. Last year, they were getting them all the time and from everybody, um, even for a good portion of this year with guys like Victor Caratini coming up with big hits against the Cincinnati Reds, who are now leading the wild card. Thankfully, they lost the. Uh, um, the, 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 their last game, so they didn't gain too much ground. But uh, yeah, Bueller's probably going to be a problem for the Padres tomorrow. If it isn't, then it's just baseball, man. What do you want me to tell you? He might just be due for a bad start. I don't really know. And then on, on Thursday, you uh, Darvish is maybe coming back to make the start mm-hmm. against Max Scherzer. Mm-hmm. I guess my big question that game with Scherzer going is, do you expect Daniel Camarena in the starting lineup for the Padres? <laughs> I was just about to say that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, 
the Camarena thing was just uh, wow. Like that feels like a year ago. The Camarena, the Slam Arena moment with Don Arcillo losing his mind, which was so so fun. Uh, yeah, I mean they probably will have to put him in the starting lineup. The thing with the Padres is they don't have a lot of bench pieces that are performing at least above average. You know, I, I love Hassan Kim. Like I like him. He's fun to watch. I love the clubhouse stuff, but he can't hit. He can field great fielder, but he cannot field what uh, he cannot hit whatsoever. And then Jerks and Profar clearly just showing last year was a little bit of an anomaly. Uh, he's been regressing uh, tremendously as well. And then Adam Frazier, like we just mentioned the Padres infield, a little bit of a mess with the exception of Tatis and Machado right now. Um, and then Max Scherzer, he might want revenge against the Padres. You know what I mean? He might be excited to be like, all right, screw this team. I'm so mad that for some reason they just completely destroyed uh, via the last start, including their pitcher. So he's going to be motivated, but uh, who knows having Cameron in the lineup might actually be a benefit for this team. And you mentioned you Darvish. Yeah. Darvish had heading um, onto the IL after starting against Arizona, I believe. Uh, so hopefully he's okay. But even if he's back, he's been so bad for a while now. The only good start he had was against Arizona and you know, it's Arizona. So it's, you can't look too much into it even though I just piped up Blake Snell start against them, but it's different. And basically it's this post sticky stuff thing. And everyone's looking at you Darvish and he's been kind of victim on that. I know there's a little bit of numbers on Max Scherzer with just his fastball specifically, but it clearly hasn't affected him uh, in terms of the, the end goal ERA type of stuff. So it's not a game that I'm excited for, for the Padres uh, in the slightest, uh, none whatsoever. So, so do you think it was a sticky stuff thing with Darvish or was there whatever eventually ended up putting him on the IL? Do you think that was something that was nagging at him or was that a, you know, a, a injury unrelated to the fact that he'd been really bad? Part of me wants to do the popular thing that'll get me all the likes and stuff and just blame Larry Rothschild, who was just uh, fired, which we haven't talked about yet. Um I think it's a mixture of things. I think Darvish, in fairness, he's not always been the most healthy pitcher over the course of his career. He's definitely dealt with injuries before, but even still, I would say no, because it's not like he was facing the Reds and Dodgers every day or even the Giants or anything like that. Like like I said, Arizona, Colorado, Miami, and they he just couldn't have a decent start against those teams. Not even a quality start by the technical terms of it, six innings, three runs or less. He just wasn't doing that. So I think it might've been a little bit to do with it, but otherwise, you know, you could say the wear and tear it's a long season, but uh, no, I, I honestly think that Darvish has just been a really bad second half regression guy. And really the only reliable consistently reliable guy in the rotation has been Joe Musgrove basically this year. So uh, with the, you know, you mentioned Max Scherzer might have a chip on his shoulder about his last outing against the Padres, you know, <laughs> Trey Turner, was traded by the Padres. He might have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And, and a lot of the guys who've been in this Dodgers Padres, you know, division rivalry uh, for a while, uh, you know, I have to think that the Dodgers players might really enjoy uh, kind of putting a, a shovel full of dirt on the Padres coffin. If they have a chance to knock the, you know, wh where the Padres are in the standings right now, is very precarious and the Dodgers kind of coming into the series, knowing that they could, uh, you know, stab him in the back a little bit uh, probably uh, appeals to the Dodgers a little bit, even if the Dodgers weren't just wanting to win for the sake of winning the division, you know, that, that rivalry uh, might be kind of fun for them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they got to be motivated. I, I mean, one thing is in fairness, this is, we still have three other series or hold on two other series after this against, uh, against you guys. So maybe we'll see, but otherwise they would love to just add on to at least the momentum right now, 
they're they're down they're battered they're not going to be like the ali photo where he holds back the punch or whatever no they're going in for it you know what i mean they're going in for the kill and they probably should i'm wondering jeff would you rather face i don't know how playoffs would work out but would you rather face the reds or the padres and i'm wondering like which team scares you a little bit more you might say the padres because better their stars might be a little bit more I don't know. They feel like they have a gamer vibe to it, but I'm just curious. What is kind of the feeling in, in a wild card game? You mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a wild card game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I generally don't like to answer that question because it feels mm-hmm. like, you know, you're, you're tempting fate to like, I always think it's funny. Like when people say you ought to let the team with the best record, choose their opponent. It's like no team would do that. No team's going to mm-hmm. say, I want to play this team because oh, yeah. it's, it's just mm-hmm. bulletin board material. And I know I'm just a podcaster, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, so fun. <laughs> for me, it comes down to pitching, you know, and uh, it, it comes down to who's healthy on the, on the Padres and who's performing, you know, and if it's going to be as of right now, the current Padres roster, none of their starting pitchers really scare me that much of the Mm -hmm. guys who are healthy. And so, you know, whereas on on the reds, you've got, you know, I am Wade Miley has been really good somehow. Uh, He doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily scare me, but you know, maybe the Dodgers could sign Scott Van Slyke. I know he uh, always took care of Wade Miley, but uh, you know, I, I, I guess I'd probably rather play the Padres in the wild card game at this point, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I also know the Padres would definitely get up for that game. And, you know, the Padres, when they've been successful this year, a lot of it's because they play with so much emotion and everything. And it's hard to mm-hmm. keep that up when you have lost 18 out of 17 games or whatever it is right now for them. 10 of but, 12 right now, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but, but I think for a wild card game against the Dodgers, the Padres would get that emotion up one, one last time. And, mm-hmm. you know, basically my answer is the Dodgers need to catch the giants and, and not have to worry about playing in the wild card game because uh, that's really the only acceptable answer for me at this point. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, and wild card game is just such a, you're just begging for anything to happen. I mean, this is, we've seen everything happen in wildcard games before they're, they're fun, but they're also extremely somewhat anticlimactic sometimes to be honest with you. They're always great games that usually, usually, but then it's like, wow, like that's it. Like that's just these, these two teams or one of them is going home. Um, and I think that with the Padres, you, I, I guess I would say one thing is that about the Darvish thing, which we, we already covered past that, but I would say Darvish has been good against the Dodgers this year. If there's any kind of silver lining, I think he's only allowed three total runs and three starts against them. I think he's gone seven innings once in those three starts, just pulling this from my memory banks right now. Um, but I'm pretty sure he's been great uh, against the Dodgers. So he stepped up for those, those starts, which is, which is really cool. So maybe he'll be able to do that, but coming off the IL, I don't, I actually, part of me wants to just be like, I'd really rather not go into that game, but you, you have to, because you don't want to, tax the bullpen too much that's the other thing about the Padres is that their their bullpen is great for most of the season I would say probably the best in baseball however you lose Drew Pomeranz uh he's gone for the season who was arguably one of the most underrated relievers in the division this year um and then on top of that they've just been taxed too much you know they cherry for Daniel Hudson but he's blown a couple games and you know you have guys like Craig Stammen who's just like Craig Stan, I feel so bad for Craig Stan. He's like the sacrificial lamb for whenever the Padres need to have somebody out there. They're like, all right, you pitched one inning last night, too bad. You're starting two days from now. And if you get killed, the fans will just be mad at you and, and hate you and want you traded and all that, even though, you know, it's not entirely your fault. So poor Craig Stan is always getting thrown out to the 
the woodshed. But, I think uh, that's yeah. the deal he made with the devil because he's been in the major leagues, I believe, since 1974. <laughs> yes, I just and, checked it. <laughs> yeah, and so it's like, well, you know, you can play for 186 years, but your manager is going to treat you like crap. And you know what? Yeah. Craig, Craig Stammen signed up for that. And so, you yeah. know, I, I don't feel bad for him. He's going to get treated like a running back on a franchise tag in the NFL. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just not. Look, I've been very sad throughout this. Look, it's gotten dark, Jeff. Like, I've been playing, like, Nintendo Switch games a lot more while watching the games. I've been swiping through way too many dating apps, just making myself even – I'm like a masochist. Like, instead of just accepting my Padres losing, I'm like, okay, let me also go through the losses on this stupid app right here. Coffee meets bagel is what I'm ex- experimenting with. That's these right, days. ladies. Hobby is single. <laughs> it's hard if to you, believe, right? If you're interested in – Pinterest fail Fernando Tatis Jr. (laughs) Javi is available. Hit him up. (laughs) And I will say that callback to the joke you made preseason. It basically seems like a lot of the things we said uh, came true uh, for the most part, except for my Grisham MVP take, which everyone screw off, whatever. I I wanted to make a bull take. Um, But the big thing with the Padres this year was, can the back end of the rotation be really good and at least be really good four or fives, I should say. They don't have to be Julio Urias good, uh, but they just be solid guys with an ERA of like 3.8, 3.9, just to give a rough estimate. And some of that happened with Joe Musgrove, who's been the big breakout this year. But then the other thing we talked about, which you mentioned, of course, too, was whether or not the developments with Will Myers and Eric Hosmer were going to ring true. And Will Myers, I think you you made it, you said it obviously derogatory uh, that he's slightly above average, which is okay. Like, to be honest with you, like I'm not that, um, you know, upset with Myers. I actually think considering his advanced stats with all the hard hits and barrel rate being like the lowest of his career, the fact that he's been able to at least just draw a lot of walks this year and be able to get a couple of hits every now and then is really exciting. But then Hosmer is just after the launch angle improvements, he just completely regressed as I think his ground ball rate is back over like 56% this year. And then you have Hassan Kim who hits the ball on the ground 49% of the time. So it's been, they just haven't had enough consistency from their team where I just want guys that are going to be average, right? We already have the stars. I don't need to worry about Will Myers hitting slugging 600 again. I just need Eric Hosmer to be an average MLB major league baseball first baseman. He hasn't been that Tommy Pham, bad first month, elite two months. And then just atrocious, basically, since July th- uh, July 1st, WRC plus below 100. Uh, Grisham, a little bit battling injuries, but even him, he's had some rough patches, right? So every time the Padres seem to have some things going for them, you either have your A.J. Pollock catch or you just have your situation like when the aforementioned Trent Grisham ties the game against the Rockies um, a couple days ago, maybe, maybe a week ago. I don't know. Time doesn't make sense anymore where he ties the game in the bottom of the ninth inning with, um, or the top of the ninth with two outs. And then Daniel Hudson gives the walk-off home run at Dalton Varsho. So it's just been one of those teams that's miserable, but I think people have to understand that it's not just injury luck with the rotation. It's just nothing's going right for the team right now. Yeah. And uh, to show how sad it is, you just combine two different games in your mind you combine the CJ Crone walk-off home run with the Dalton Varsho walk-off home run in describing what <laughs> happened. Uh, that, that's, that's how rough things have been for you guys, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I did just combine the two games. What, what was Dalton Varsho? What was all right, whatever. But thank you for, for picking that up. Look, it's late guys. I'm tired. And 
All the well, losses the, melt together at this point. Yeah. The good news is we have talked longer than we probably needed to. So uh, <laughs> I think we could probably wrap this up. You know, two more games coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least when my episode's going live, I'm not sure if your episode's going live on Wednesday or not. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I could just say, you know, in, in case yours doesn't go live till Thursday. So, yeah, that, that Walker Bueller no hitter was really cool, huh? <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll see. We'll see. And maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll get a couple. Tatis is due. I'll say that much. By do, I mean he hasn't done anything in like four days. So maybe he'll, he hit his second home run of the game off of Max Scherzer. Really, really great stuff. Very exciting. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Hey, Javi, it's always fun talking to you. Uh, it, it's more fun after the Dodgers beat the Padres, but in general, <laughs> it's always fun anyway. Thanks, uh, man. E- even Likewise. though you are my arch nemesis, apparently. <laughs> the rivalry that the Dodgers and Padres never could be. Padres v. Dodgers for uh dawn of sadness i guess this time i don't know really what to call it whatever the next no way home is there a play on no way home uh, i don't I can't know. think of one right now but All we'll, we'll think of one for the future the padres play the giants 10 more times this year and uh, i wouldn't yeah. mind the padres getting up for those games yeah 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 we'll see we'll see man but get uh, it done javi uh yeah we'll see but i as, as always man it's been a fun it's been absolutely a and uh my listeners check out javi on twitter at javi peño with two eyes right j-a-v-i-i-p-e-n-o and uh you know obviously all javi's listeners uh i'm kind of a jerk on twitter at least to to javi (laughs) so if if that appeals to you check me out at snidog s-n-i-d-o-g all right we'll talk to you again soon javi all right take care man that'll do it for today thank you javi always fun talking with him uh thanks for listening we really appreciate it if you're not listening to locked on dodgers every day go ahead and add one or two days a month to your rotation and obviously if you have friends or family who love the dodgers as much as you do tell them about the show they might like it uh you can follow us on instagram and twitter at locked on dodgers vince is on twitter at vince Semperio. i'm on twitter at snydog and the dms are open in all of those places our email address is locked on dodgers at gmail.com and our phone number for voicemails or text is 323-863-LOCK-5625 we are here every weekday morning and we hope you'll be here with us when you get in the car or sit on your couch tell your smart device to play podcast locked on dodgers and remember you don't have to agree you just have to listen we'll talk to you tomorrow Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts.